broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we are on a Tuesday, last day to kind of look back and digest and talk about and break down what we saw on Sunday and the Raiders lost to the Chargers to open up the season 0-1 on the season but today's really the last day that we reflect and look back start to turn the page tomorrow because the Raiders have to turn the page right I mean you can't dwell over one loss in a 17 game 18 week season you just can't if you do that you allow a loss to beat you twice that's a recipe for disaster and I know the Raiders their coaching staff the players they're not going to allow that to happen. So today will be the last day that we really kind of look back. We'll start to look forward and break down the Arizona Cardinals, who will also come into the game Sunday at Allegiant Stadium 0-1. Speaking of Allegiant Stadium, make sure on Sunday when you go out to the game or you tune in for the game, you uh, check out Q's kickoff. We did it every single uh, pregame, actually the pregame pregame show uh, a season ago. We did it before the official pregame show with JT The Brick and Eric Allen. Make sure you tune into that. One hour long, one hour strong. Myself, Damon, and some other guests that we have throughout the course of the week and we'll have some guests live as well. Uh, but it's about one hour just kind of getting you getting you warmed up for the official pregame again with JT The Brick and Eric Allen. It's two hours right before kickoff. Then they pass the sticks on to Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy who will provide their coverage of the game and do a fantastic job and really I was blessed on Sunday, had an opportunity to be part of the pregame show, and I was sitting there in SoFi Stadium, and JT hit me and said, hey, man, uh, we got you coming up next. So I went and sat in the booth at SoFi Stadium next to Lincoln Kennedy, next to Jason Horowitz, and just did a little 10, 15-minute hit. Uh, but that was on the official pregame show, so it was a lot of fun just, again, being a part of that, being able to provide some extra Raiders coverage. That's kind of what we do. So Q's kickoff from the torch, the same spot as JT and Eric Allen will be sitting That'll be uh, one hour before the pregame. So if the game kicks off at one twenty-five, it'll be starting at around mm, ten twenty-five or ten fifteen or ten a.m. So basically, whenever you get to Allegiant Stadium, make sure you hang out at the Torch. That's where everyone goes to hang out anyway. But that's where we'll be, uh, and we'll have a good time out there. So definitely encourage you. Uh, we have a lot of family and friends ourselves coming in from Texas, so they're going to be there as well. So it's going to be uh, a fun home opener, and uh, everything goes right. The Raiders will leave the building on Sunday, 1-1 one one on the season and knocking the Arizona Cardinals off to 0-2 to start the season. But I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, and welcome into Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. We're both in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, which is a great thing. Uh, after a day away at the Oyo, the hotel and casino, the underground lounge, and shout out to everybody who came through. <laughs> I mean, man, we did the Oyo. We were there all year last year for Monday Night Football, and we had days where it was a good little turnout. But yesterday... If that turnout continues throughout the course of the, the regular season, all season long, that's going to be fantastic. And I don't know if it was me. I don't know if it was the station. I don't know if it was the Seahawks and the Broncos. And I honestly don't care. It don't matter who or why. There were so many people there. But, man, people were there early, and they stayed late. So uh, we had a really good time. So I definitely appreciate everyone who came out. Of course, Vegas Jess, Jason, Demi, you know, Allen in Vegas came by, Juan the Smasher, Mama Smasher. I mean, that's just the name of few that were there, right? There was a bunch of people that were there in attendance. So we definitely appreciate uh, you coming out and supporting me when I'm at the Oyo, Clay when he's at Chickies and Pete's. I mean, it, just, it doesn't matter. You know, if Vinny's out at Pub365, go check him out. Um, we have a lot of listeners that show up to a lot of the events. When JT's at the Virgin Hotel, boom, pop 
pop up there. I mean, it's just it's really cool to see listeners and the and the radio station grow. I mean, this thing is still in its you know it's in its baby form, right? It's not a it's not a grown adult already, right? It's still growing. So we're building this thing as it goes, and so just to see it continue to blow up and blow up and blow up and and become bigger and bigger and bigger is a great thing. So uh, we can't do that without you. So off top, want to make sure we say thank you for your consistent support here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, Damon, I got to ask you, did you take some vitamins? Did you go to the gym today? Did you do an extra lift? Did you do anything that's going to give you a little bit extra oomph? You want to know what's funny? Oh, man. <laughs> I put the roll on Icy Hot that I have on my lower back today because I was a little sore from death. Wait, hold on, hold on. You're using Icy Hot? Yes. Wait a minute. Hold up, dog. If that don't <laughs> scream, I'm the oldest dude in the room. I don't know what does. And you want to talk about me and my age, and you're using Icy Hot. But it gave me that little bit of a, ooh, that's a little relief on the back. So, yes, I am ready for today. Raider Nation, can you believe this, man? He wants to talk about me and my age all the time, and I always say I'm proud and I'm blessed to be 45. Can't wait to make it to 46. Blessed if I make it there, right? This guy talks about my age all the time, and this dude starts the show talking about, I use the roll-on icy hot. Are you serious? Yeah, because it's the stick. You know, those hard to reach places, you know, the lower back, you really can't get it if you were just using the cream. So, you know, he just rolled it on the lower back, and I was like, ooh, man. I'm ready to go today. All right. Well, there you go. There's a testimonial right there from one Demond Cotton talking about Icy hot. <laughs> All right. I guess he's trying to get his Shaquille O'Neal on. You're trying to get your Darren Waller. I will say, I, uh, Darren Waller is a, is a uh, you know, he's a guy who's a, who's sponsored by Icy Hot. So shout out to him, but at least he's getting a check. Potential sponsorship, Icy Hot, Radio um, Nation Radio. Yeah. Boom. Be- because DeMond, at his young infantry age, needs Icy Hot. Unbelievable. But the product worked, Q. Uh, well, that's good. That's a good testimonial. There you go. So shout out to Icy Hot for getting Damon here fired up and excited. And the reason I ask him if he's fired up and excited is because we have a big day for you here. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up on the show. Of course, we always want to hear from you as well. Raider Nation at 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. We're going to start things off at 2.30, as we normally do. Mike Greenberg from ESPN. He's the host of Get Up. He's the host of Greeny on uh, ESPN Radio. Does a fantastic job. Obviously, he's been covering sports for a very long time uh, with the mothership ESPN. So uh, Greeny's going to join us at 2.30. He's a guy that's very high on the Raiders. Matter of fact, Go ahead and, and and pull it up. We had a sound bite from Greeny, and I don't think we ever got to play it. I I really don't because I remember looking for it earlier, and I was like, man, I could have sworn we had a sound bite from Greeny. He's very high on the Raiders this season. And I know everything didn't start off the way that it should have started off, and I know that they're 0-1 right now. But Mike Greenberg, who joins the show at 2.30, had this to say about the Silver and Black, Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, just the whole Raiders team in general. My offensive player of the year choice is Devontae Adams. I am a big fan of the Raiders. I am expecting big things from the Las Vegas Raiders this year. I think Josh McDaniels has a chance to be an excellent coach. Once upon a time, his old boss, Bill Belichick, had an up-and-down tenure as the head coach in Cleveland. A lot of bad things happened there that were not his fault. But one way or the other, the buck stops with him and it didn't go well. He came back the second time, learned his lessons, and the rest is history. I think Josh has a chance to be a really good head coach with an unbelievable offense in Las Vegas. I told my son, my son had his fantasy draft, I said, consider Derek Carr. He's not going early. 
Right, everyone's going to be jumping on the Lamars and the Josh Allens and everything. Derek Carr could throw for 5,000 yards this year with that collection of offensive talent around him. I actually considered Najee Harris in Pittsburgh, who I think is going to be a workhorse, but I don't know how healthy he is, and the offensive line is so bad. I went Devontae Adams, Offensive Player of the Year. There you go. He's talking about Devontae Adams, Offensive Player of the Year, and Derek Carr could potentially throw for 5,000 yards. And Josh McDaniels, he's high on him as the head coach. So we'll talk to Greeny, all things Raiders. We'll also talk to him about just week one in general in the NFL. Because Raider Nation, the Raiders aren't the only team looking back saying what happened in week one. There's plenty of what happens, including last night what we saw. Denver's still licking their, their wounds saying, what in the hell happened? Why did, and I'm saying this if I'm Denver, why in the hell did we trade everything we traded and gave this man this much money and then with time left on the clock, fourth and five, we take the ball out of this man's hand and say, hey, let's try out our field goal kicker to kick a 64-yarder. The funniest part, I know you don't watch it, but the Manning cast, because they had Shannon Sharp on to yeah, close the game. I don't yeah. know if you saw the clips. No, though. I didn't see it. But they're all like, oh, so they're going to uh, take a time. Payne Manning's like, they're going to take a time out here, you know, maybe work the ball down the field. And even Shannon Sharp's like, what, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> it's, you got all three, Eli Payne and Shannon Sharp, all asking, what are they doing? Now, I'll tell you what, I didn't need the Manning cast to ask that question, because I was wondering, too, what in the hell's going on? Why would you – and look, and this is one of the things I pointed out. I'm not trying to, you know, deflect and, and point fingers at the Denver Broncos because the Raiders lost too. But one thing I talked about all summer long was I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett's going to do as a head coach. He's never been there, done that before. Situations will come up where it's not just, oh, I'm the offensive coordinator that doesn't call plays and I can sit back and relax and chill. No, I'm the head coach. When they look at me, I got to make a decision. He made a couple bad decisions, obviously, in Denver – it cost them. You know, the team that everyone's saying uh, has an opportunity to win the AFC West just like the Chargers, Denver Broncos are sitting in the same spot that the Raiders are sitting in, 0-1-1 as the Chargers and the Chiefs both, both are sitting there at 1-0. So, Greeny will join us at 2.30 to talk all things Raiders and NFL. 3 o'clock, of course, on Tuesdays, we always have John McClain, now of gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. He'll join us to talk all things NFL. We'll dip into the Raiders with John McClain as well. At 3.30, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. He'll join us to talk about, well, he does film breakdown. So we'll talk offensive line. We'll talk defense, the adjustments that the defense made from the first half to the second half. We'll talk some Nate Hobbs. I mean, we got a lot to get to with Ted as he broke down the film from the Raiders and Chargers game week one. So we'll do that coming up at 3.30 at 4 o'clock. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we have Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network join the show. He'll join the show to talk about what he saw from a bird's eye view as he was sitting there in SoFi Stadium calling the game with one Jason Horowitz, talk about the offensive line, talk about seven guys getting the opportunity to play when it's a five-man position and they need five guys. And I'll ask him straight up, you know, how long do you think you can roll with seven guys not having that one cohesive unit? Me personally, I don't think you can. Think it was a bad decision. You want to talk about, you know, Nathaniel Hackett making some bad decisions? I think it was a bad decision to run seven guys on the offensive line for the Raiders. Just my opinion. I don't think that was a good idea. I think they need to find five guys and stick with them, whether they're the five guys in the building or there's guys outside the building. Side note, Kelechi Assembly is in town visiting with the Raiders. They also uh, added Billy Price to the practice squad, who's a center. Obviously, sounds like insurance for Andre James, who is dealing with concussion-like symptoms. He was uh, evaluated for a concussion in L.A. He left the uh, SoFi Stadium in an ambulance, went to the hospital. He is back in Vegas, but I'm assuming he's still dealing with some concussion-like symptoms as they have added a center. A guy who started many games at center for the Giants last year and started also uh, for other teams. He's played center, so I think that uh, you know that's just extra insurance that the Raiders have. So we'll talk all things Raiders, all things offensive line, just the game in general with Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 4 o'clock. At 4.30, always happy to talk 
High School Football Coach Dan Barnson from Somerset High School, Somerset Losey High School, as a matter of fact, picked up their first win in program history. It's a brand new program. Just taken over again at Somerset and uh, Coach Coach Barnson. He's done this before. This is the second time he's started a program. It is not easy. It's not easy to come into a program that's established and take over and get things how you want. Can you imagine starting it from the ground up? <laughs> right, having to having to build this thing brick by brick. Well, they're about four weeks into the regular season, and they picked up their first victory. So uh, we'll talk to Coach Dan Barnson coming up at four thirty. Then we have a little bit of an encore performance on today's show. This is what our planning is. This is what our thoughts are right now at two fifteen. <laughs> this is what we have in our mind. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be executed 100% correctly, but this is what we're going to attempt to do tonight. The Aces and the Sun they play game two of the finals. The Aces are up 1-0 in the, in the series. So the pregame show is going to start at 5.30. Tip-off is right after 6 o'clock. At 5 o'clock, T.C. Martin, who's the voice of the LV Aces, and you can hear the game broadcast on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, he's going to join us at 5 o'clock. Normally, we're signing off at about 4.55. We're going to sign off. We're going to come back on at 5. We'll go to a little quick commercial break, come back at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock. T.C. will join us. We'll talk back and forth with him about the game, and then Coach Becky Hammond's going to join him, talk to him about the game, give a little you know pregame interview, and then we're going to dip out. So we're going to get the little pregame interview with Coach Becky Hammond, T.C. Martin, get his thoughts on the Aces' son game two, and then, boom, we're done. Pitch it to ESPN Las Vegas, and they'll take over from there. So that's the game plan that we have. I'm not saying it's going to be executed 100% correctly because we have a lot of things that we're working with, including Coach Hammond being there right on time. Right, if she's not there right on time, then we got to go back and forth a little bit, and then you know who knows what happens. And we're still on you know a time clock, so again, we're gonna keep our fingers crossed that it's executed perfectly. The plan on paper, awesome, <laughs> awesome plan on paper. It's the execution part, and so hopefully we do it correctly coming up at five o'clock. But that's the game plan that we have for you. We got a big time show for you. Got a lot of guests coming up. Also, you're gonna hear from offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. You're gonna hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who met with the media earlier today. The Raiders are on an off day, so we are locked and loaded. We're ready to go full throttle on this Tuesday. Let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So as we start to, again, turn the corner, this is something that we kind of look back at for the final day. Don't dwell on it too much. Want to start to turn the corner, but also at the same time, think about what we saw, what we witnessed on Sunday. So the show topic that I want to bring to the table today Where would you like to see the most improvement from week one to week two? I think the whole league, this is just my personal opinion, I think the whole league is going to be improved in week two. I don't think you're going to see Joe Burrow throw five picks. I don't think you're going to see extra points being missed like they were. I don't think you're going to see as many weird, crazy, bizarre things that you saw in week one. I don't think you'll see that in week two. I think a lot of that was a lot of new, including with the Raiders. I think head coach Josh McDaniels is going to make better decisions. In week two, I just think that it's repetition. It's doing stuff. And there wasn't a lot of doing stuff in, 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 in the preseason. So really, week one served as the preseason. Week two might somewhat serve as a preseason as well. There's been times where I feel like the first four weeks of the season, the first month, is almost like a glorified preseason. Because you're really getting the guys out there and you're getting a lot of grinding. Now, unfortunately for NFL in general, we saw a lot of injuries week one. And that's why you don't see guys playing in the preseason. Because if... You know, if a big-time player, if a T.J. Watt tears his peck in a preseason game, then Mike Tomlin is the, you know, spawn of Satan 
But if he does it in week one, then it's like, oh, that's a bad injury. <laughs> right? I mean, if, if, if that's the case. So, so that's the thing. Like, that's why coaches don't want to put these guys out there. They don't want to put them in harm's way. But at the same time, and Lincoln Kennedy says it all the time, I think that these guys have to play in the preseason. I feel like the Raiders, they needed to get a little bit of burn. I'm not saying a lot. Maybe, you know, a few, a few, a few possessions in a couple of games would have done them some good, especially since it's a brand new system, brand new coach you know, a brand new scheme that they're working with. I think that that would have helped them. But again, we can't go back and do undo what was already done and say, okay, hey, do it over. You're bad. Try it again. You know, you can't do that. So you just got to move forward. So my question to you again, I ask, where would you like to see the most improvement from week one to week two? I think that this, this can go in a lot of different directions. I think you can look at the offense. I think you can look at the defense. I think you can look at play calling. There's a lot of different things you can look at. Execution. Josh Jacobs, you know, he, he, he has a walk-in touchdown. He slips. He said, that's poor execution on my part. Darren Waller, he doesn't block very well. Joey Bosa blows him up. Poor execution on his part. Devontae Adams doesn't go high point the ball. He waits for it to drop in the breadbasket. Poor execution on his part. You know, and let me go ahead and put this out there because I don't want anyone to be like, oh, my God, Q was on the radio bashing Devontae Adams. No, I wasn't. But his words, not mine, he could have done it, made a better play for Derek Carr on that interception that was thrown. Was the ball under underthrown? Yes. But wide receivers are taught what? Go up and high point the ball. If you're not going to catch it, don't let the other guy. You have to turn into the world's best DB. I think Devontae Adams probably could have made a little bit better play, a little more effort at the ball, but he, one, was trying to draw a pass interference penalty. So it's like one of those, do you try to draw the penalty or do you just go up and play DB? Personally, I would have much rather him play DB, but that's because he didn't get the P.I. call, <laughs> right? If he had got the P.I. call, I'd be like, man, that was great. That's a, that's a veteran move right there. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that savvy veteran play. Yeah, yeah. So, again, we could always go back and play Monday morning quarterback, right, and, and break down what happened, what went wrong, and what we would have done, even though we ain't never been in that position. Like, I know in my heart, I'd have gone up and tried to high point it. I'd have become the best DB. Man, Q, you wouldn't even have been on the field. You wouldn't even have had an opportunity to play that ball on either side of the ball, offense or defense, <laughs> right? I wouldn't have been on the field to make a play. But it's easy to talk about it. Uh, today, so you know, and in Monday as well. So again, I throw out the question: Where would you like to see the most improvement from week one to week two? And I personally, and I want you to hear from Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator, real quick. He talked to the media earlier today. I would like to see the most improvement on the offensive line. And what do I mean by that? Finding five guys that fit on the offensive line. Here's what Mick Lombardi had to say about finding five guys on the O line. I think at the end of the day, I think we're trying to figure out who what's the best thing for the team to win. And I think. Like Coach said, the seven guys deserve to play, not because of them being out there at practice, but because they, they performed well, not just in the preseason games. I think you guys all saw that, but also up on the practice field. And we thought we thought that, you know what, getting all those guys out there to try and establish some type of consistency by playing all of them like we do in practice. So nothing they're not used to. They've all got some reps in practice evenly, and they got that in the game, which was uh, obviously beneficial, and they played, they played very well. Offense coordinator Mick Lombardi right there talking about the seven guys that played. And look, I don't want to be the guy that sits here on the radio and questions coach and says, oh, you made a bad decision on this, that, and the other. You should have had five guys ready to go. I just think for the team moving forward, for that position in particular, you can rotate a lot of guys at a lot of positions. That offensive line is a bear, right? I mean, that is absolutely a monster. Those guys have to work together. It's almost like rotating special teams guys. Like you wouldn't have a long snapper rotate in. You know, you got Trent Sieg, right? You wouldn't have another guy rotate in and be like, well, you know, this guy's earned the right to play too. No, that's not the case. You need to get the five best guys. And, and by rotating it, clearly they don't have the best five guys yet. 
That's I mean, that's what that says. Because again, you can go to special teams. You're not gonna rotate Trent Sieg, AJ Cole, and Daniel Carlson because a couple other guys earned the right to play. Nah. You get the best guys. If AJ Cole's your pro bowler, Daniel Carlson's your pro bowler, and Trent Sieg's your pro bowler, you know who you roll with? Mm, your pro bowlers. Simple as that. So that's where I'd like to see the most improvement. I'd like to see one cohesive unit out there. Win, lose, tie, draw, whatever the case may be, I'd like to see one cohesive unit so they can start to gel and blend with each other. That's where I want to see, and that's why I think this conversation could go in a bunch of different directions. When I talk about what you would like to see improve from week one to week two, that's where I'm going. Give me five guys. Not the sandwich shop. I mean five guys, or is it, is it sandwich or pizza? It's burgers. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just want to see five guys on the offensive line that they feel comfortable with and one cohesive unit. But we'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Jared, right here in the 702. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? What's on my mind is that chump-ass, greasy-ass Tommy White. Bro, coming on the radio talking about Derek needs to be replaced. Derek this, Derek that. How long are we going to deal with this Derek Carr problem? Man, you know what? Why don't you stick to what you know? Greasy-ass, backhanded deals, and let the professionals do their job. All right, cool. Different show. <laughs> Different show. One, one part of this show, so I don't really have too much to say about that. I don't really know the conversation. Didn't get to hear it. I don't know who he's talking about. He was talking about a guest, and I know he's been on the show before. He's a guest. He's a sponsor or something. So I don't, I don't know, but I don't know what the whole conversation was. So he was on JT's show. I don't know the whole conversation, so I don't really want to get into bashing someone from another show. That's all. That's just my, that's just my habits. So <laughs> that's how I roll. Let's go to the phone lines one more time. 702-365-9200. Got a fired up bunch today. How about Gangster Raider? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Man, what's up, Q, man? I'm just disappointed, man. For us to come out and play like that after all the expectations and all the talk about the good coaching and all that and, and Derek Carr reverting back to his old self and it's just disappointing, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I expected and the Raider Nation, we showed up, we showed out. You know, so we came, we was there so far. We took over the stadium. The fans, we did like we always supposed to do. We showed up, we showed out, and them so far tickets ain't cheap. You know what I'm saying? Mm, for us to right. get like a a glorified preseason game from our um ninth ninth year quarterback throwing three interceptions and two fumbles, that's five turnovers by itself. You know what I'm saying? That's ridiculous. We did not sign up for that. And this is why, you remember one of your callers you had in the offseason talking about why they don't understand why Derek Carr is so polarizing? That's why. You know what I'm saying? You got everything you need, and you come out there and you stink up the joint. You know what I'm saying? And the Raiders own L.A., but after the game, I saw a bunch of young Raider fans that had Derek Carr jerseys on. They was taking off their Derek Carr jerseys and putting on Justin Hubbard's jerseys. So he about to lose the whole L.A. market. Because he has. When was the last time he won a game out here in L.A.? You know what I'm saying? I think it was when they was the last game in San Diego. I think that's the last time he won out here in L.A. And it's getting ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? We we didn't sign up for this. We expected more for this. You know what I'm saying? And then for him to come out and play like he, or like I said, the improvements I want to see. I want to see us have a professional, proficient quarterback. And I bet money. I bet money that he was going to win MVP. You know, so that's money down the drain now. You know what I'm saying? I always, I always predicted he was supposed to go up. You got 16 too. more games. You got 16 more games. 
Yeah, but we can't go undefeated now. You know what I'm saying? I said we was going undefeated with the coach and the um, quarterback combination. I'm thinking we was going to have a proficient, motivated, competent quarterback, but he's he's one of the weakest parts of the – him and the offensive line is the weakest parts of the team, and that's why I want to see the most improvement. And our coaching, we were supposed to have improved coaching. I didn't see no screens. You know what I'm saying? Then they did some bonehead calls. What, what was that um, – that that play they did with Devontae trying to throw the pass? What, what, right. what the hell was that? You know what I'm saying? And you let Boyd blunder. You had weeks to prepare for this game. You had the whole offseason. You had weeks to prepare. You let Boyd blunder. I'll coach you. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm I'm very disappointed. I have zero confidence. I had I had 100% confidence in Derek Carr before the game. Now I have zero confidence in him. I don't have as much confidence as, as Josh McDowell. I'm starting to feel like he's a weasel like I thought he was when he first got hired. And I, I'm just very disappointed. And, and well, don't this, talk, don't here. Let me talk you off the ledge, man. Don't don't go too far extreme, man. I mean, it's one game. It's one game, and I know it's an emotional sport, and I know it's an emotional everything. But it's only one game. I mean, really, there's 16 more of these things by the end of next week or by the end of Sunday this upcoming week. You might be calling in talking about how fantastic everybody is. I mean, again, it's a new experience, and I'm not trying to make excuses for anybody, but it's a new experience for everybody. Let's get one more quick call in before we get to Mike Greenberg from ESPN. How about Raider Mac? Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? <laughs> hey, you're gonna have to talk a lot of Raider fans off the off the ledge, Q. Hey, hey, look, I'm just saying, you know, the the mo- what we have to improve is the offensive line. Okay. It, it, that's ridiculous. You cannot go to, into the season for the rest of the season doing swapping out linemen. Nobody does that. Not even Pop Warner. When you have to p- must play, <laughs> you have to leave guys in and get a. Get going. Me and you talked about this the whole season. Uh, I mean, the whole preseason that you need to get the offensive line together and stick right. with the five. No matter what, even if they play bad, stick with the five guys, and they won't do it. McDaniel's this not going to work. If that do, I'm with Ra- I, I'm, I'm with Gangster Raider <laughs> as far as as far as the uh, disappointment in in McDaniel's because. He didn't run no screens. He didn't do any of that stuff. But for you to tell me in the press conference that you're going to continue it because seven guys need that, no, no, it, that's not going to work. I agree with you, Q. If that, that if we do this, we, we'll be eight and eight, or 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 uh, we will miss the playoffs if we do we go like that because the offensive line is very important. Thank you for the call, my man, and uh, I, I would let you go on, but of course we got Greeny coming up. But no, I get your point. Like the improvements, got, and I said that too. The improvements got to be. I think coach has to get the the plays, the, the the ones he wants to dial in. He wants to get get those in quicker. And you're right, the offensive line. It's got to be one cohesive unit. So uh, we'll talk to many good guests about this very subject. Greeny, John McClain, Ted Nguyen, Lincoln Kennedy. We got a lot to get to on today's show. Thank you so much for the call, Jared, Gangster Raider, and Raider Matt. Coming up next, Mike Greenberg. Greeny from ESPN Radio. He'll join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. I told my son, my son had his fantasy draft, I said, consider Derek Carr. He not going early. Right, everyone's going to be jumping on the Lamars and the Josh Allens and everything. Derek Carr could throw for 5,000 yards this year with that collection of offensive talent around him. I actually considered Najee Harris in Pittsburgh, who I think is going to be a workhorse, but I don't know how healthy he is, and the offensive line is so bad. I went Devontae Adams Offensive Player of the Year. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 
The voice you heard right there was one of Mike Greenberg from ESPN. He's the host of Get Up. He's also the host of Greeny on ESPN Radio. Does a fantastic job with both. And he joins us now on the phone lines. And Greeny, thanks so much for your time. Before we get into the Raiders and your thoughts on uh, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, and more, I got to ask you about last night's game. I mean, the Broncos, they went and traded the farm. They went and gave a lot of money to Russell Wilson. Then they took the ball out of his hands and let the kicker kick a 64-yard field goal that didn't come up the way it was supposed to come up for Denver. What were your thoughts when you saw that unravel? It was horrific. I mean, it was like watching a, 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 an accident in real time. Um, here's what I will say. I believe that Nathaniel Hackett was hired to be the coach of the Denver Broncos because they thought he would bring Peyton Manning with him. And I do not think it is because he was one of these surefire candidates. And look, I've never met the man in my entire life. I wish him nothing but the best and and great success. But if I'm a fan of that team this morning, uh, I am disgusted with what I saw in a division that, you know, we're calling the group of death where every single game, look, the Raiders losing on Sunday, obviously it's disappointing. But if you write down at Chargers, you might say to yourself, all right, that might not be a game that we're going to win this year. At Seahawks, right? even without the Russell Wilson storyline, that's got to be a win. If you're going to have any chance to make any noise in the AFC West this year, that's got to be a win. And it was not just the ending of that game, which was so grotesquely mishandled it was impossible to believe, but they had 12 penalties last night. They couldn't get a play call to save their lives. They looked discombobulated, disorganized. They just looked a mess. So if, if I am a fan of the Denver Broncos, I am, I'm, I'm probably as upset with the way my team looked and played as the fan of any other team in the NFL that is 0-1 through the first week of this season. Talking right now with Greeny here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. What did you make of the stat? Eight out of the 11 starting quarterbacks that did not participate, including the Raiders' Derek Carr, in preseason, lost in week one. I don't think that. I think some things are just a coincidence, or I don't even think this qualifies as a coincidence. I think it's completely irrelevant. I certainly do not think the Raiders lost that game because Derek Carr didn't take a few snaps in the preseason. I don't think Rodgers lost. I think if Devontae Adams was still a Packer, then Green Bay would have beaten Minnesota, and I don't think it would have had anything to do with how many snaps Aaron Rodgers took in the preseason and how many balls Devontae Adams caught. So, I'm not a believer in that. Okay. I'd love to hear if you disagree. I, I do not think that has almost anything to do with anything. My only thing that I thought about was the fact that everything was new for the Raiders. You know, new system, new head coach. Of course, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr were on the same page, but I thought maybe a few reps would have helped get them, you know, game, game action would have get them a, a little bit on the same page. Maybe, but here's what I will say on the other side of that. I root for the New York Jets. <laughs> and in the first quarter of the first preseason game, Zach Wilson suffered a non-contact knee injury. Right. And that is way worse than not having than being a little rusty week one, which maybe Derek Carr was and maybe he wasn't. Uh, I, I don't know that one way or the other. But what I will say is if a coach is going to – if Josh McDaniels is going to look me in the face and say – it is not worth the risk-reward. We get more out of these controlled scrimmages or whatever those things are that they do with other teams and all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, the season is so long. There's so much still to come. I still believe the Raiders are going to be excellent. I thought there were a lot of encouraging things that I saw on Sunday. Um, I, I have zero issue 
with them not playing during the preseason. Again, we're talking with Mike Greenberg from ESPN Radio. Also, Get Up, host that show, does a fantastic job on the on the mothership. We're here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And we were listening to your soundbite earlier about you talking about Josh McDaniels and how you thought that, you know, the second time around for him, he was going to do some really good things. Uh, what have you seen so far from Coach McDaniels that gives you, that continues to give you that encouragement? Well, I mean, it's too soon, I think, <clears throat> to make that evaluation. And you're obviously... Um, a lot closer to the day in, day out of it than I am. That was a, a projection I was making based on how, how much everyone thinks of him. Mm-hmm. You know, once upon a look, the Belichick uh, disciples obviously have a well-documented history of failure, including Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and Charlie Weiss and, and, and so many others. But McDaniels just feels a little different to me. I don't know him well. I've, I've met him a time or two. He feels like a guy who's much more willing to try and go out and be his own person than those guys who I think have gone out and tried to be little mini Bills mm-hmm. and, and that that has not worked for them. McDaniels, I think, is a fully formed person who in his second time around will have learned from the mistakes that he made. I think he is a brilliant offensive coach. He's a magnificent game uh, play caller. He's, he, he, he handpicked a place where I think he's got pieces he really likes. I think Carr is a terrific player who has another level that can be taken to as, as a place that has a piece of him that has not yet been unlocked, and McDaniels has a chance to be the guy to unlock it, and Devontae Adams is a hell of a key yeah. uh, to use to try and unlock it. I, I just feel like if you're looking for a place, they might catch lightning in a bottle, and, and a guy might have a really successful second act. I just have a gut feeling, and I will caution, my gut feelings are almost always wrong, but I have a gut feeling that McDaniels is going to have a lot of success in Vegas uh, with a team that I think has a chance to be really good. Again, we're talking with Greeny here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. You can catch Get Up on ESPN as well as Greeny on uh, ESPN Radio. And as far as uh, some of the takeaways that you had from the game, because I too, as a guy sitting there at SoFi Stadium watching the game, I saw some encouraging things. Obviously, Raider Nation saw the loss, and that's all that really matters. But I saw some encouraging things, especially Devontae Adams and him being that alpha dog that he absolutely is. How special do you think that Carter Adams uh, relationship could be this season? I mean, how special can a relationship be? <laughs> Devontae <laughs> Adams is so freaking good. I mean, it's incredible. And obviously, you're there, you know, working the game. I, I was uh, watching on Red Zone, and there was a moment on Red Zone where Scott, Scott Hansen takes us to Minnesota, and Aaron Rodgers throws one of the best passes you will ever see in your entire life to Christian Watson. I mean, he, could, he, he couldn't have handed him the ball any better than he threw this ball 75 yards. Obviously, everyone knows what play I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And Watson drops it. And, like, literally the next place he cuts to is, um, is L.A. to see Devontae Adams make his first catch as a Raider. And the minute you see it, you're just like, oh, my God, look at him. I mean, he just looks different. Mm-hmm. You know, he, 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 he is so special. I, I, I picked him to be the offensive player of the year. I think he will be. I think he is the best receiver in the NFL. With no, apologies to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, who are also outstanding. I think Adams is better. Um, I love Waller. I like Renfro. I think Carr has a chance to be great. But even with all that, you wonder, oh, is he going to spread it out in their first game? 
without even a snap in the preseason to the point you just made. What did he have, 14 catches? <laughs> right, for, for exactly. What, I mean, that's their first game. Right. So I, I, I think the sky is the limit. And, and he wanted to be there. I mean, you know, Devontae handpicked that situation. He handpicked Carr because of the relationship. If that doesn't boost Derek Carr's psyche, I don't know what possibly could. I, th- I thought Carr, the leadership he demonstrated last year through the nightmare that was their season and the Gruden thing and everything else, I, I think he already had to be feeling extraordinarily good. I think this will only take him to another place. I, if, if you told me right now the Raiders were going to win that division, I would not consider it a surprise. I don't know that I'd pick it, right. but I would not consider it a big surprise. No, I feel like there's four teams in this division that could win the division. I mean, it's just I think three. it's that simple. I'm going to say three. Okay. After last night, I say three. <laughs> the Broncos, I mean, I'm serious. Yeah, like, yeah. You cannot have a coach. Right. The difference between those teams in that division is so narrow that you cannot have a coach who doesn't know what he's doing. Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches of all time. I I have major concerns about Brandon Staley. The one thing I will say is people were so high on him before he got that job last year. I really sincerely hope for the sake of pro football and Justin Herbert, as we know them, that he learns from his mistakes and realizes that I don't care what analytics say, you go for it on fourth down from your own 18-yard line, you don't deserve to be a coach in the NFL. Um and if he doesn't learn from that, that's, that, then, then that's shame on him. I've already told you I believe in McDaniels. I'm very worried about Hackett. I was before last night. Last night was your worst nightmare come true. I would be stunned right now if the Broncos won that division. There you go. He's Mike Greenberg on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. For the Raiders, they rolled out seven guys. They played on the offensive line. One of my keys to improvement this upcoming week is find five guys that could be one cohesive unit. How concerning is it that they're still rotating guys in and haven't found the starting five on the offensive line? Well, again, so I would defer to you. You're there. You're living that thing snap to snap every single game. Certainly from a distance, that sounds bad. Um, you know, they always used to say about quarterbacks, if you've got two, it means you don't have one. Right. Maybe with offensive linemen, if you've got seven, it means you don't have five. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, I would defer to your expertise and your, you know, living in it every minute. As to whether, as to how they should go about putting it together, but clearly, what, the only question mark on that offense going in was: Can they solidify the line, and and w- can it be as good as the weapons are? Because there are question marks on the defense, right? And 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 in the secondary, in particular, that that certainly is the national perception. Let's see what the answers come back looking like there. Um, but that would be a concern. The offensive line would be a concern. And, and if, if you believe that the, the answer here is pick five guys and let them go and let them become a cohesive unit, figure out. I, I get the idea of, of making them earn it, but the time for that has come and gone. We're into the season now, and it's time to pick a group and go with it. I would not. You would get no argument out of me. Yeah, that's that's my my big concern and my big hey. This needs to be improved, you know, moving forward because you don't want to fall too far behind, especially in this AFC West. I mean, you just know what kind of a animal this uh, division is going to be moving forward. Forward. Final question for you, Greeny. It's not really even a question. It's just uh, an observation. Something that I thought was funny and and it happens on uh, Get Up quite a bit with Ryan Clark and we had RC on the show yesterday. Uh, I love the uh, the Timmy Toughnuts. I love the reference to Timmy <laughs> Toughnuts. <laughs> It was hilarious. I mean, he said it last year. We didn't know it was coming. Now it's become sort of a running gag. Right. But we didn't know it. Like, he was trying to come up with the way to – he was talking about Joe Judge is where this yeah. began. And, and how Joe Judge has this tough guy act, 
and he was trying to come up with a term. And it was just like, look, I, I, I don't want to hear you be all Timmy Toughnuts. And I, we all just started to laugh to the point that I almost couldn't go on because <laughs> uh, it was so funny. R.C. is such – he's so hilarious. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great analyst. He's a, he was a terrific football player. He's all those things. But he is also just freaking hilariously funny. And that was one of my many favorite um, RC funny moments. Yeah, no, it really was a good one. Uh, when you're reading RC's tweets, those are also uh, pretty special oh. as well. When you do it in your own greeny type way, <laughs> to say the yeah, least. So. <laughs> I, I have struggled with those over the course of time, but everybody finds it funny, so we keep doing it. There you go. I'm not mad at you at all. What do you got coming out on Get Up and, and on Greeny on the radio show that we should be on the lookout for? Lots of football. If you like football, then you will like the TV show and you will like the radio show because we are knee-deep in all of it. And unless something makes us veer off of that course, we will not even consider doing so. So we'll start looking ahead to week two. The league has never been more incredibly, fascinatingly interesting than it is right this minute, and we'll continue to cover it. Well, continue to do a great job. We definitely appreciate you. Of course, we hear Greeny on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and we appreciate you being with us this afternoon. You got it. Thanks a million, my man. I enjoyed it. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. That's Mike Greenberg right there from ESPN Radio. Does a fantastic job on Get Up and on Greeny, the radio show. 244 is the time. We'll come back, get to some calls and texts, close out hour number one. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. Bonner looking for space, leans in, can it to three, that will do it, the Las Vegas Aces take game one. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Every day we lit, yeah, every day we lit, yeah, every day we lit. 2.49 is the time, just got a few minutes left here in hour number one of the show. Started this thing out on fire, right? Had some great calls. Heard from Mike Greenberg. Got John McClain coming up at the top of the hour. Of course, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. We'll still hear from uh, Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator. There's a few sounds from him from earlier at the press conference. And then Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator as well. The Raiders roster move. PR put out a, a tweet. We have released defensive tackle Kyle Pecco from the practice squad. That makes room for Billy Price, the center that they added to the practice squad. So when one guy's in, another guy's out. Also from Josina Anderson, cornerback Nickel uh, Roby Coleman just texted me. I'm signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. He was a guy that was in just the other day. So there's that. So he's signing with the squad, but that's from Josina Anderson. And that was a text that he sent her. So uh, he did not specify if he was going to the practice squad, the active 53 man roster. Um, not too sure. Uh, Jeremy Fowler going a little bit further on Billy Price. The Raiders assigned in former first round pick Billy Price to the practice squad has a chance for elevation to the 53 man roster as the Raiders have been looking for O-line help. Bengals former top pick started for the Giants last year. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, former Raider uh, and former Baltimore Raven and Kansas City Chief Colecio Semele is in Las Vegas and he's visiting with the Raiders uh, today. He's a guy who hasn't played since 2020 when he really shredded his knees with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I hate that for because he was a hell of a player while he was with the Raiders. Really one of my favorite offensive linemen that they had. He just had a mean streak to him that I really could appreciate. But uh, injuries happen, man, and uh, that's just how things go. So uh, we'll see if he ends up getting signed. We'll see what happens. But clearly, uh, GM Dave Ziegler is uh, working those phones. He's working the, the interviews and the visits, and he's trying to find the guys that he needs. And similar to what Greeny said in the last segment when we talked to him, you know, the time to find the starting five on that offensive line has came and gone, right? At this point, in my opinion, you have to know who your guys are going to be. Again, ask the question, what are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Or what are you looking for as far as the biggest improvement from week one to week two, which I do think the NFL in general will be better in week two. But we want to hear from you. Got a text here. 
from the 707. What I want to see improve the most is offensive play calling. That's literally why they brought McDaniels in. And that's fair. That is fair. You know, they have a game plan. Josh Jacobs told us after the game in the locker room, they have a game plan each and every week. One week, it's going to be a pass heavy game. Other weeks, it's going to be a run heavy game. Other weeks, it's going to be this, that, and the other. I mean, it's going to be a balance. I mean, there's all kind of different uh, ways that they're going to attack it. But, you know, everything's not going to be perfect. And I don't think if Josh McDaniels goes back and looks at the tape, and I know he's done it probably multiple times, he probably says, yeah, you know, this play call could have been a little bit better. This could have been a little bit better. I, I'm sure that there's no way he looks at the film and says, I did everything the way I was supposed to. It just didn't get executed correctly. Now, flip side of things, there were some just failures to execute. Derek Carr hits Darren Waller on a simple pass that they've completed a thousand times. That's a touchdown. Now, they usually complete that in the middle of the field, right? I mean, it's not usually in the red zone when that, that play is happening, but they've done that so many times. The interception to Hunter Renfro, he's done that a million times. That's just a failure to execute. Josh Jacobs walks in the end zone a million times. Go back and look and see what Josh Jacobs has done in his career. He scores touchdowns. We had someone on this very airwaves, on this very station, saying that Josh Jacobs fails in the red zone too many times. That's false. (laughs) That's false. What he does is score touchdowns. And on that play... He failed, and that was what he said. Hey, I'm not going to blame it on lack of reps in the preseason. I'm going to blame it on bad bad execution on my part. He owned it. That was on him. That's a walk-in touchdown. You imagine those two touchdowns right there. Right? I mean, there's, 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 they only lost by five. Give them one touchdown. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, loving today's topic. Let me give you my opinion on what I think needs to improve from week one to week two. Execution. When we are in the red zone, we need touchdowns, not field goals. When it's third and short, we need to convert those situations to first down to keep drives going. When Carr passes the ball, the football needs to be placed where our receiver has a chance to catch the ball. We need to have better execution as whole for this team to win here coming up in week two. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray and goes right into what I was just talking about. Execution. I said, you know, the offensive line, getting the, getting the five guys on the offensive line is what I would like to see from week one to week two. Execution. I think Sir Whiskey Ray hit it right on the head. Just better execution. You know, because really, we can dissect all we want to. We could talk about the play call. We could talk about this, that, and the other. If they execute better, they win that game. Bottom line. Simple. You know, less less uh, field goals. Even in you know, that first drive. I was very disappointed when they only ended up that, that first drive with a field goal. Because they had a nice-looking drive. And you know, the other thing about that drive... Derek Carr stepped up in the pocket a few times, you know, converted on third and long a couple times. Shouldn't have to have to be, uh, you know, converting on third and long either. That's the other thing. Third and 17 shouldn't be happening. They should be ahead of the chains. But he was able to do that, step up and get a dime, strike to Devontae Adams, pick up a good first down. But when you get in that red zone, man, you almost have to feel like it's money. When the Chargers got into the red zone, for the most part, I was like, oh, they're they're scoring touchdown. You know, like I, I just felt it on their drives. And to the Raiders' credit, they stopped them. You know, they, they made them, they forced them to kick a field goal and they allowed them to stay in the game. But I, I felt pretty confident they were going to score just the way they were driving. It's like, oh yeah, the execution looks good. They're making things happen. So there's that. 255 is the time. We'll get one more text. Operator Raider said, watching Denver lose last night takes me back to what you said in the past. Win the games that you're supposed to win and everything else is 50-50. That Chargers game was a 50-50. The Raiders are supposed to win this Sunday. Let's take a deep breath. Take care of business this Sunday and stick a fork in the Cardinals. Hopefully Kyler Murray is still focused on playing Call of Duty. That's from Operator Raider. And yeah, that's the key. You're supposed to win certain games. You go out there and you do that. You're supposed to have a 50-50 chance in other games. You go out there and you you try to make it a 75-25. Simple as that. 